It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, folks? Welcome in to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here at the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of the city of Chicago. You're on VCD Sports Betting Network tonight. We got a good one planned for you. Point Spread Weekly editor Steve Mackinnon does a fantastic job with numbers, trends, analysis, analytics, and much more. He will be joining us. In 10 minutes to talk about tonight's Major League Baseball slate. Plus, I got a plain baseball we'll get into in about five minutes or so. But we'll preview the rest of the late slate with Mr. Mackinnon. We'll talk some hoops. Trevor Lane, senior writer for Lakers Nation, will get his thoughts on the Lakers toward the end of this regular season. LeBron was iffy about going tonight. However, it looks like he will be absent yet again, but could target a return for tomorrow in their next matchup. So not only will we discuss the Lakers game this evening, Look forward to the playoffs if they're in the playing game. We'll also talk about just the Western Conference in general and the Clippers. And in between, we got a couple plays throughout Prop Shelf and more of the NBA slate to look forward to. But some news in terms of the NFL to start things off regarding the team here in the Windy City. The Chicago Bears' first game has been announced. Now, we know the full schedules are going to be released tomorrow at about 7 p.m. Central Time. So we'll look to preview that a little bit more so and then get deeper into it on Thursday and throughout the rest of the week. But game one for the Bears looks like they will be on the road against the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night. Football will not be an easy matchup for any means. Going up against the Rams with their new look squad, Matthew Stafford under helm. And it looks like if you're looking around, the Lions had the Rams as about a six and a half point favorite, shorter total at about 43 and a half out in the West Coast at the Superbook. So look, I mean, that line's probably pretty accurate for the first game of the season. Still not that high of expectations for the Bears. And we're assuming that, look, it's probably going to be Andy Dalton, not Justin Fields. And even if it was Justin Fields, who knows how prepared and ready he's going to be against that great Rams defense in game one. So just wanted to throw that out there right now with some news in terms of the National Football League. And again, tomorrow they are releasing the schedule. So we're very excited to dive deeper into that in the coming days. But some other news more focused on tonight. Let's kind of get right into an NBA matchup that I wanted to throw out there because this was a late addition to one of my best bets, and it's the matchup between the Grizzlies and the Mavericks. So some late injury news being tossed out there that Valanciunas for Memphis is doubtful for this game. And also Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out. So two big men in the front court absent for the Grizzlies. No Grayson Allen as well. So not only is Memphis now banged up with some of their big guys, Anna Shooter and Grayson Allen, but they're also on the second half of a back-to-back. -back. Last night they played and did beat the Pelicans, but in a close one, 115-110. to 110. Look, the Mavericks have a 2-0 season series lead over the Grizzlies, and Dallas is on a four-game win streak. They're 4-0 ATS in those last four games, plus 8-3 ATS their last 11 games as a road favorite. Now, I know that the Grizzlies have been doing pretty well themselves, but again, these late injuries to their front court and the fact that they're on the second half of a back-to-back -back bodes well for this Dallas squad. The line opened at two in favor of the Mavericks, total at about 226.5. Totals tipped up just a little bit to 227. But when I saw this injury news, I actually hopped on the money line for Dallas at about minus 136. At Bet Rivers, now the spread went from 2.5 to 3. 
money line was at 136 before the show. Now we see it at about minus 143. Memphis catching three is also catching plus 123 on the money line as a home dog. So because of this late news, I usually don't like to add it on this late in the night, but I did play the Mavericks as another addition to my best bets in the NBA. Again, the injuries not looking good for Memphis, heading closer and closer to tip-off. And that second uh, half of the back-to-back factor certainly plays into a role. And the Mavericks are still vying for a solid spot in the playoffs. And so are the Grizzlies. We know they're dealing with the playing game aspect and kind of looking to get out of it or just get the best seating possible. But still, a good look here for the Mavericks, in my opinion. The line's not moving their way because of those injuries. And I snagged them like I typically do, just to be a little bit safer on the money line, minus 136. Would still play at minus 143 as opposed to laying the three. I'm always willing to pay a little bit more. Josh Applebaum and I always kind of discuss that, but that's a personal preference. Lane three, no problem with that. I'm just willing to do that so I don't have to sweat it out toward the end of the game. But adding the Mavericks along with a couple more plays with Prop Shelf, like we said, we'll get into later on the show. So plenty more action in terms of betting with the NBA here on the program tonight on Visa. And the show here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. And we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Danny Burke, your host. And tonight, we'll be welcoming on Steve Mackinnon, great contributor to Point Spread Weekly, to talk about some Major League Baseball tonight. And Trevor Lane, senior writer for Lakers Nation, to discuss not only the Lakers and looking forward to the return of LeBron James, but just the outlook of the Lakers in the postseason, the Clippers, and much more of the Western Conference. I was just giving out a play for basketball tonight between the Mavs and the Grizzlies. Memphis dealing with some injuries, so I played the Mavericks minus 136 on the money line. That's jumped up a little bit to minus 143. But let's get you squared away with an early baseball play as well before we bring on Steve. Now, we'll get a little bit deeper into this game, but uh, this matchup between the Astros and Angels stuck out to me because you have an interesting pitching matchup in itself with Lance McCullers Jr. taking the bump for Houston. Otani taking the bump for the Angels. And look, we've talked about Shohei many times, maybe a little bit more overvalued because of the name and what his potential could be. But really, when it comes to pitching, I mean, not the best XFIP. It's not terrible, but look, 4.01 is ERA's 2.41, but the true number you want to look at that XFIP of 4.01, not the best whip, 1.39. Uh, McCullers has a 3.58 ERA, just under a 4 XFIP and a 1.16 whip. Now, the Astros versus righties have done fairly well this season. Six best in the big league, 751 OPS. Angels right there with them against righties, 772 OPS, which is fourth best in the big leagues. Now, this total is what stuck out to me the most. I liked it over 8.5. It kind of flirted with 9, dropped back down to 8.5 a little bit. That's where you're seeing it at 8.5 right now at Bet Rivers, shaded to the over minus 115, and that's what I played. Because, look, the Astros have gone over 8.5 their last eight games in a row. The Angels have gone over the total of eight and a half in their last eight out of 11 games. Now with McCullers, four out of six of his starts have eclipsed the total of eight and a half. Two out of four for Otani. Angels did just beat the Astros last night, five to four. I think you could see a similar type of game tonight. And look, also, I mean, this pitching match, I mean, McCullers has gone off to a good start, but overall in his career, I haven't had as much faith in him. And again, I'm not as high on Otani as some other people are. So I think going over eight and a half is a solid move here between the Angels and the Astros. In terms of the money line, though, the Astros getting bet up a lot. Minus 138 at the opener, minus 150 now is where we see them at Bat Rivers, plus 128 on the buyback for the Angels, who did just defeat Houston last night, five to four. 
Let's get a little bit more analysis on this matchup with Steve Mackinnon, who you can follow on Twitter, at Steve Mackinnon. And Steve, I know you do such a great job pretty much handicapping and analyzing every sport, but we're excited to focus primarily on baseball tonight. And let's kind of get right into this game that I was talking about. I played the total over 8.5, and, and we're seeing the steam in terms of the money line go toward Houston. Did you have any strong conviction on either the total or the money line in this matchup? Oh, hey, Danny. Well, first, great to be with you. Um, yeah, actually, it's a good game to start with here. Uh, I, I kind of like where you're leaning on this on this total. Uh, the, the Astros have been one of the few teams in baseball that you can actually rely on to score some runs, uh, especially lately. Uh, they're on a, I believe it's about a 10-game streak here where they've uh, scored at least three runs in a game, and that's rare in today's baseball. So uh, something you can pretty much rely on. They're averaging 5.4 runs per game during that stretch despite only going five and five so there's uh there's some good reasons to think they will produce some runs otani has been hit hard by the astros in his career uh 7.71 era 2.143 whip so uh, i can see the astros putting up some numbers tonight and in terms of just the money line here like we said the market's been moving in their favor I, do you kind of agree with that because to me we know this potential that the Angels have, but they've been such a volatile team. They seem hard to back and rely on. Hey, tell you what, Danny. One of the uh, I'm going to start off. With one of the first things I do every morning when I start my baseball handicapping is I go deep into the bullpens. What I have found is that uh, using my bullpen power ratings, uh, that uh, whenever I find a difference of ten or more between my ratings for the two both teams' bullpens. Uh, it's been a good play. Last year, it was 61%, produced 23 units of profit, about a 6% return on investment. Right now, I have uh, Houston 11 points better on my power ratings than the Angels in terms of bullpens. So just starting with that foundational concept, I will be leaning to the uh, Astros itself. Ooh, wow, very impressive. Love to hear that over 60% with that system, and it falls perfectly with Houston tonight. Currently, the line, them laying minus 150 against the Angels, catching plus 128. So lean to the over and to the Astros for Steve. Personally, I'm playing the over, but would certainly look on the money line with Houston as well. And then, Steve, let's take a look at some NL Central action. Tonight in Milwaukee, the Brewers taking on the Cardinals. Milwaukee, another team catching some steam in their matchup from 122 up to 132, plus 112 on the buyback for the Cardinals. Shorter total here at 7. Milwaukee's been a team, I mean, we talked about Houston, who you can rely on with offense. Milwaukee hasn't necessarily been in the same boat, but their pitching is what's been carrying them thus far. Yeah, Peralta's uh, been solid for the uh, Brewers so far. Uh, he's he's usually done pretty well. It's been inconsistent, but he's had very good outings uh, against the Cardinals historically. So if he can have put one of those together, uh, I I think the Brewers can pull this one out. The price doesn't look real good to me, though. I, I'm a little leery laying this the way the Brewers are playing right now. Uh, they've had guys in and out of this lineup. It seems like you don't know from day to day what the Brewer lineup is going to look like right now. Their two best hitters, Yelich and Darvias, are on the bench. I think they're waiting on Payne tonight on the, uh, to see if he's going to play. So uh, I'm, I'm going to stay away from this one myself. Uh, price looks un a little bit unusual to me. When you see kind of a matchup like this, because I'm on the same side as you, I mean, look, maybe Milwaukee is the right side, but Lane about minus 132 to do so seems just too rich for my liking. Do you kind of just automatically look toward the dog, or is it just, hey, I'll stay away from this one and look for a better matchup? <laughs> well, uh, honestly, uh, 
other than being a Milwaukee Brewers follower <laughs> and fan, I would probably lean to St. Louis on this one. Just that they're they're playing better baseball right now. A team playing better baseball as the underdog in a I wouldn't want to call it a key divisional matchup at this point, but uh, it's it's still early, obviously. But uh, certainly, got to be the value play would be with the Cardinals. All right, let's go to the AL Central now. How about the White Sox and the Twins? Chicago going from minus 113, just a hair up to minus 118 at Bat Rivers. Twins minus 103. Total here at about 7.5. You're getting Maeda, who's been fairly solid for the most part with the Twins, at least when you're looking at his XFIP, a better indicator than his ERA of 5.02, 3.74 for the XFIP. But he does have a high whip of 1.53, which is concerning. Cease on the other side, look, this is a guy that seemed like very volatile in terms of his pitching we've seen in the past, but he's actually had some consistency, a 1.22 whip, 3.56 XFIP. Look, this might be a good opportunity to take a relatively shorter price on the White Sox. That's at least how I would look at it. Do you have the same sentiment or do you have different feelings between the Twins and the White Sox? <laughs> you know, this is a strange game to be, Danny. I, in my opinion, this is either a massive miss or a trap. Uh, mm -hmm. To me, I, I saw this game closer in the minus 140 to minus 145 range. Cease has been solid this year. He's got 40 Ks and 30 innings as well. Uh, the, the White Sox are putting a, a solid starter up there every, every night out now. So uh, th there's a good reason they're in first place. This is the best team in the division. The Twins are not the team they were last year. Kent Maeda is not the, the pitcher he was last year. His whip is double what it was last year. This price almost seems as if it's the Maeda of 2020 going. I just don't see it. Uh, I'd be very surprised if, uh, if Cease doesn't walk away with a win today. Yeah, so that's kind of my thinking, too. I mean, minus 118 seems a little bit too good to be true to where it maybe is a trap. But at the same time, Steve, do you think that this could maybe be the case with the White Sox because of the injuries and the rumblings throughout the dugout with Tony La Russa? I mean, we know Jimenez has been out, but then Luis Robert last week. Do you think this is maybe going to be a familiar thing where you're getting a cheaper price on the White Sox than you typically would? Well, I guess as better as we'd like to hope so. I mean, it'd be, like I said, they're throwing a... a a top-notch starter out there every night. So uh, if this team's short-priced in the near future, it's definitely one you're going to want to be looking at. All right, Steve, let's move on here to the Rockies and the Padres. This game got postponed yesterday, but San Diego comes back as a big favorite here, minus 162. The Rockies plus 138 at home. Higher total, naturally, because it's at Coors Field. Nine and a half is what we're seeing. However, slightly shaded to the under, minus 114. Any strong thoughts on this matchup? I mean, look, the Padres seem like a team you want to keep betting, at least in my perspective, but they haven't warranted me to want to do it on a consistent basis, and Colorado has their moments, especially at home. Uh, you know what the, uh, the Tatis do is breaking here with the COVID situation. Uh, the, this line is dumped quite a bit to a point where I actually I think I like the Padres again. Uh, when I saw this 200 this morning, uh, I, was, I was very skeptical. Uh, Denison Lamette is getting a couple innings of start here lately. Uh, I, I don't like laying that big of a number on the road with a, with a sketchy situation here. But uh, at minus 160, it seems a little better to me. Uh, the Padres also fit into that run of having a 10-point better bullpen on my scale. So uh, I, I certainly wouldn't want Colorado in this spot. All right, then let's go to the West Coast. Down in Arizona, the D-backs taking on the Marlins again. And Arizona broke their six-game losing streak, got the dub 5-2. to two. But now the Marlins, 
themselves are on a three-game losing streak. Pablo Lopez taking the bump against the Southpaw Madison Bumpgardner. And look, Bumpgardner's a guy you typically don't want to fade, but he's been rocky this season. 4.91 ERA, 4.25 XFIP. However, the Diamondbacks a slight favorite, minus 113. Marlins minus 105. Total we're seeing right at 8. How do you think about this one here? I mean, is this almost a relatively cheaper price for Bumgarner than what we're accustomed to seeing and you would take advantage of it? Yeah, you know, Bumgarner's been fairly good in his last uh, three or four starts. So uh, maybe coming back into form a little bit. However, historically, uh, he's been uh, had a tough road against the uh, Marlins. Uh, his last five starts... He's, uh, his teams are one and four minus 5.95 units. That's basically an ROI of 100 minus 119%. So people are losing big with him going against the Marlins. This is actually one of the uh, pitcher versus opponent matchup trend that's going to be in one of my, in my article this week in Point Spread Weekly. So I would uh, recommend that people take a look at that. But uh, that's uh, on for tonight. Bumgarner is typically a fade against the Marlins. Marlins been a little better against left-handed starting this year, producing runs. So uh, I, if I had given the choice here, I would uh, definitely side with Miami. Okay, and you can get the Marlins minus 105 currently at Bet Rivers if they are taking on Bumgarner and the Diamondbacks, who historically, as Steve alluded to, not the best against Miami. But let's go ahead and move on to the last game of this evening, Steve, with the Dodgers and the Mariners. A big difference here in terms of the other games we've been going over with Price to lay. Dodgers, naturally, you're going to get as a big favorite despite their recent struggles. They're minus 235 tonight against the Mariners, but Seattle, obviously, toward the bottom of the barrel in terms of all the major league teams. Total at seven. You get Walker Bueller, who's been really solid as of late. Uh, unfortunately, we took a loss with him when we backed him with against the Cubs last week, but you know that game went all the way into extras, and they had their chances. Kikuchi taking the bump for the Mariners. He hasn't been too bad, but at some point, you got to think the Dodgers pick up the pace here, Steve. Yeah, it actually could be tonight. You you have to think this team's very happy to be back at home. That's a, a brutal road trip for them, as brutal as it's they've probably had in years. Uh, two and eight uh, uh, hit into the Midwest there. So um, got to like that the Dodgers are back at home. You, you know, it's funny. There last year they were forty three and seventeen in the entire uh, shortened season. This year they're eighteen and seventeen. That that's crazy to me. But uh, you know, they still got the talent. They're priced as if they got the talent. Uh, not real comfortable play for me here. If I, if anything, I'd want to maybe shorten the price down and play the run and a half if I could. Uh, but uh, very sketchy on that one for me. Yeah, one and a half. If you're laying it for the Dodgers, you're still laying a price minus 106, which isn't ideal. But you do want to back the Dodgers. Probably the best route to go is they take on the Mariners tonight. We're struggling Los Angeles team. Could be a big win for them in the future. Steve, like you said, I mean, you talk about the articles you write with Point Spread Weekly and just kind of looking at the different perspectives that your average better doesn't consider. With baseball being back in full swing, no pun intended, but being back in full swing this season, what are some trends that have stuck out to you or you're looking to kind of dive deeper into in terms of betting that, you know, someone can consider when they're deciding whether or not to make a play? Well, I think one of the big things you'll, you'll want to consider, like I said earlier, is, is the bullpens. I think you, you get so many of these games that are, uh, despite the fact that starters go shorter and shorter innings, it seems, each year, the, the prices are based upon the starting pitchers too, too much. Uh, and I think that's where you get your greatest value over the course of a season. 
because so many of these games are decided in the late innings, particularly with this new extra in, the new extra inning rules. The bullpens have taken on greater and greater importance. Uh, I think that's uh, something you, you want to just maintain focus on uh, all six months of the season. Very important. Uh, the other thing is you got to keep track of how the teams are playing in streaks and stretches. Uh, you may look up and all of a sudden you miss the fact that this team's two and eight over its last ten games. You're still thinking it's, it's the, like the Dodgers now. You're still thinking they're the Dodgers. They're two and eight over the last ten games. Uh, maybe this isn't the right time to lay a big number with a team like that. That's very, very important. Don't only just look at the total season trends and numbers for OPS, et cetera. Look at the last seven, 15 days. Very important to be short-sighted when it comes to baseball, which is such a long season. So, Steve, hey, we appreciate the tips and the analysis for tonight's game and further down the road per usual. Take care and enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah, you too, Danny. Thanks for having me on. Of course, that's Steve Mackinan is where you can follow him on Twitter. Tweets out that great info, not only for baseball, but with football season coming around the corner. I know it's farther away, but we got the schedule release to look forward to tomorrow. There's great work all around NASCAR as well, if you're into that. But plenty of action from Steve. Beeson.com slash subscribe to get a hold. A point spread weekly where you can read more in-depth knowledge to help you become a better better. Steve does a great job doing exactly that. Coming up next, so we're going to take a little step away from baseball. Let's look at some NFL action that we just mentioned, some odds for comeback player of the year already up. Could there be a play worth doing this early on? We'll hit it next here on Rush Up. Most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams. Only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or other. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board. Statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts available at rivers.com. Back at it here on Rush Hour. A lot of East Sports Betting Network. I am Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Big thanks to Steve Mackinnon talking some baseball. We will continue on with some NBA discussions. Couple plays with some props between the Bulls and the Nets matchup, and we talked about that Mavericks Memphis game playing the Mavericks later, and then we got Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. He'll be hopping on to talk about the Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference, and much more. Well, let's kind of hone in on the NFL because some new odds and betting selections have been posted at BetRivers.com, and that being Comeback Player of the Year odds. Now, this one was kind of a fun one to, to look into last season. I mean, we did it earlier because we didn't have sports going on, so we were looking for any angle, but... It still opens up more opportunities to get engaged and look at different betting opportunities that could potentially give you an advantage that don't get focused in on as much. So with this one, there could be a couple at least that, not that I would necessarily play right now or run to the counter to do so at any point, 
but a couple that I would probably make the case for. So Dak Prescott, the short shot, that's not shocking whatsoever, plus 175. Nick Bosa, he's at 4-1. to one. Christian McCaffrey at 5-1. to one. Saquon Barkley, 6-1. to one. Joe Burrow, 7-1. to one. Carson Wentz at 10-1. to one. So first, let me kind of eliminate a couple of guys off of the top set of these players. Uh, with Joe Burrow at 7-1, to one, look, he hasn't even established himself, so what is he coming back from necessarily? We don't even know really the type of player that he's going to be or was. I mean, yes, we got a small sample size, but in his rookie campaign, I don't think there's enough ground in history with him in the NFL to warrant him to winning comeback player of the year. What is he necessarily coming back from? Being on a crappy team with the bagel, with the Bengals, is he going to be that much better? No, probably not. And even if he is, I still just think because of that storyline doesn't give him the edge as much. And with just that 7-1, no thank you with Joe Burrow. Christian McCaffrey at 5-1. I love McCaffrey. Great player. Always benefits me with my fantasy football team, except for this past year. But look, McCaffrey wasn't a guy that had like a huge injury that was out for you know, the whole season, there was always kind of talks, oh, Chris McCaffrey's going to be coming back this week. Didn't end up doing it. That happened several times. That doesn't mean that's a justification for not playing him. It's just like there's a difference between Dak Prescott and his injury, Joe Burrow and Saquon versus Christian McCaffrey and Nick Bosa. So, like, McCaffrey was almost a week-to-week basis guy. You already know how great he is. Can he even top what he's done in the past? Probably not because he's just that good. So who knows what player he's going to be, and I don't really classify him as the same category as Dak, Nick, Saquon, etc. So 5-1, to one, no thank you with McCaffrey. Nick Bosa at 4-1, to one, it's a little bit tougher to give the edge to the defensive guy when he got a guy like Prescott in there, Saquon Barkley and Carson Wentz. And then Carson Wentz at 10-1, to one, he wasn't injured, right? I mean, so he just got benched. And yes, I know you can still win it in that sense, but typically you're getting it, seems like, with a guy who has a significant injury. And nobody lines up better for it than Dak Prescott at plus 175. I know those are short odds. But realistic, uh, realistically, he is set up perfectly and beautifully to win this award. Not only did he have probably the biggest and most gruesome injury, there was debates whether he was going to get the contract and come back. And you're on, quote-unquote, America's team that is always going to have the spotlight on you and a lot of weapons surrounding you. Dak Prescott, rightfully so, is a short shot. And I would actually bet him at plus 175, even though it's not great value. And then also Saquon Barkley at 6-1. to one. I don't think Barkley necessarily is going to win it, but I think he's in a similar category. I mean, he got out, what, in week two against the Bears? And you know what he's capable of. He is on of a more inferior team. So we've seen a season or two from him being dominant. We know what he's capable of, but it's been a while. And because of him being on a worse team, if he can just have an absolutely dominant year and be better with the Giants than Prescott is with the Cowboys, I think Barkley at 6-1 to one has a decent case for himself too. So those are the two guys I would narrow down for comeback player of the year. Prescott, I know it's short, plus 175. He is literally the perfect example to win this award. And then Barkley at 6-1 to one for a little bit of value. I think he has a better case than Christian McCaffrey or Nick Bosa. That would be the other guy I'd look at for comeback player of the year. But again, we'll be talking more football tomorrow and Thursday with the schedule release. We already know who the Bears are playing week one. Tough one on the road against the Rams in Sunday night football. But very excited for more news coming out of the NFL. But we'll be switching it up next here on the show, talking some NBA player props, best bets, and much more. So stick around for some more betting action on the hardwood right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
Thursday, Beeson brings you the English Premier League backcast for the match between Chelsea and Arsenal at 3.15 p.m. Eastern, presented by Pet River Sportsbook. Beeson EPL backcast is the best way to keep up with the soccer betting action live during those matches. So join Nigel Seeley and Harry Semiu as they talk betting during the biggest match of the day. And if you're new to in-play soccer betting, don't worry. We'll show you the ropes and the smart plays of the day. So check it out, Beeson.com slash EPL. 3.15 p.m. Eastern Thursday afternoon. That's B-S-I-N slash E-P-L. Back at it here on Rush Hour, all on VCD Sports Betting Network. I am Danny Burke, your host live out of the Bed River Sportsbook at Danny Burke 5 is where you can follow me on Twitter at VCD Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Still to come, Trevor Lane, senior writer of Lakers Nation, will be hopping on in about 15 minutes. We'll talk LeBron, we'll talk Lakers, Clippers, and Western Conference Futures. But before we do that, let's kind of focus in on tonight and start with a matchup here in the Windy City between the Bulls and the Nets. Very important for Bulls squads, but one more than the other being the Bulls. Yes, the Nets are still vying for one of the top three seeds. Chicago's vying to just get into the seeds for the play-in game. Now, looking at this game in terms of the spread in total, Brooklyn opened five and a half. They're down to five. Total opened 232. That's ticked up to 234.5. Money line we're seeing for the Nets, minus 186 is the road favorite. The Bulls, plus 155 on the buyback. Nets coming off a win at Denver on Saturday, 125 to 119, so a couple days of rest under their legs. Bulls are a little bit hotter, though. They're on a three-game winning streak, and they did beat the Nets in the last matchup at the beginning of April, 115 to 107. Now, look, it's a different outlook for this Brooklyn team and the Bulls as well. You look at a guy like Vucevic, eight straight double-doubles heading into this matchup. I think he was over minus $8 to record yet another double-double at Bad Rivers. But look, I mean, so some attention a little bit going to the Bulls here. And it's tough to say it. I, I want to say I lean that way, but it's so hard to trust the Bulls in terms of the spread, especially against a team like Brooklyn when you get KD and Kyrie out there. So going to be staying away from the spread and the total with lean over on the total. Hard to bet an under in any sense. Uh, with these squads but look in terms of props I think there's a couple good options that you can select tonight and that I did play let's start with Kyrie Irving 26 and a half is where we see his points prop tonight over minus 117 under minus 109 Kyrie on the year averaging 27 per game he's also gone over 26 and a half in the last four out of five games now he has gone up against Chicago in that game at the beginning of April April 4th to be exact uh, took 27 shot attempts, only made 12 of them, though. 0 of 4 from beyond the arc, no action from the charity stripe, racked up 24 points. So just missed it. But again, you look at this, I mean, he went 0 of 4 from the three-point line. His season average, he's making just under three three-pointers per game on about seven attempts and gets to the charity stripe about four times. So if you include that in, that should have got him over his points prop of 26.5 that we're seeing tonight. And when you look at this specific matchup with Kyrie, 42% of his shots come from mid-range. He's making 54% of them. Incredibly effective. The Bulls are allowing opponents to shoot 45% from all mid-range, which is 28th worst in the league. And just a split to throw out there, Kyrie's doing a lot better on the road in terms of points, putting up 29 per contest away from home as opposed to 26 on his home court. I think Kyrie goes off tonight, has a favorable matchup against the Kobe White or Zach Levine, who aren't that solid defensively. So I played Kyrie Irving over 26.5 points tonight against the Bulls. Now, conversely, let's look at a player who could have a favorable night with the Bulls, and that's Nikola Vucevic. 
23 and a half is where we see his points prop tonight. Over minus 107. Under is a slight favorite, minus 120. Now, Vooch is averaging 24 per game, and he's gone over 23 and a half in the last five out of seven games. And oddly enough, he has played the Brooklyn Nets four times this season. Again, it helps when you play it on another team. But he's averaging 26 and a half per game against the Nets in four games this season. He's dropped 22 most recently with the Bulls. Remember that game at the beginning of April. Then on March 19th, he dropped 22. But the two prior, February dropped 28. January dropped 34 against Brooklyn. So it's a favorable matchup for the big man because they're allowing, being Brooklyn, they're allowing opponents to shoot 43% from all mid-range, which is 18th, so below average. And Booch is shooting about 44% of his shots from mid-range and knocking down 45% of them. Now, there is a little bit of worrisome with Vooch from time to time. He can kind of get in slow rhythms and, and just go through his lapses. But I think also Tice is questionable. Could open up more opportunities for Vooch to be relied on. But with this new lineup that the Bulls have had where they put Kobe, Vooch, and Levine all out in the starting lineup, you're getting a lot more shot attempts from Nikola Vucevic. And also, look, it's win or go home at this point for Chicago. I think Vooch has another good performance tonight against a team he's been so familiar with. So I also play Nikola Vucevic over 23.5 points, along with Kyrie Irving over 26.5. So those are the props and the bets I'm making in the game between the Nets and the Bulls. Really quick, let's talk about this Mavs and Grizzlies matchup. This one I discussed at the very beginning of the show. This line keeps moving up in favor of Dallas. We snagged the minus 136 upon the injury news with Memphis. No Jaron Jackson Jr., no Valanchunas, no Grayson Allen for the Grizzlies, who are on the second half of the back-to-back Barely squeaked one out against the banged-up Pelicans last night, 115-110. to 110. It went from 2.5 to 3. Now it's 3.5, actually, at Bet Rivers. And the Mavericks, minus 155, is a road favorite. So I played the Mavericks, minus 136 on the money line. At the beginning of the show, they were about minus 143. The market just keeps betting Dallas with all this injury news. And you're getting this Dallas team on a nice four-game winning streak, 4-0 straight up and against the spread in their last four contests. So we're rolling with the Mavericks against the Grizzlies. And then finally, let's preview this star-studded game with the Suns and the Warriors this evening. Phoenix laying four and a half on the road. However, they opened up as a five-point favorite. The Warriors coming off that win against the Jazz last night. They're catching that four and a hook and plus 148 on the money line. The Suns minus a buck 80 on the money line as the road favorite. Total open 230 and a half. That's up to 231 and a half. Uh, the Lakers last played on Sunday against the Lakers. They lost 123 to 110. The Suns are actually 3-8-1 and one against the spread their last 12 road games. 1-4-1 and one ATS their last six road games versus a team with a winning home record. And as a home underdog in their last four matchups, the Warriors have covered in each of those spots. So a little bit of market attention going toward Golden State. Look, ah, this one's a real tough one for me. I don't have that strong a conviction one way or the other. The Warriors, as a blade, have been the stronger team to back. Tough game last night, though, against the Jazz. So the second half of a back-to-back -back is always tough, especially in a very competitive game for me to want to back Golden State. But getting four and a half at home seems a little bit intriguing, right? Again, like we talked about yesterday in that matchup with the Warriors and Jazz, in-game betting is your friend. I think that's the best-case scenario for this matchup with Golden State taking on Phoenix and the Warriors catching four and a half at home. But again, we're rolling with Vooch over 23.5, Kyrie over 26.5, and, and Dallas Mavericks on the money line. As always, best of luck if you tail. Hoping for some winners across the board. We'll still talk NBA next. Trevor Lane to talk more Lakers. We'll be hopping on, so stick around. We'll hit that here on Rush Hour.
Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams in major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide. Voluntary self exclusion program. But to get a hold of the daily hometown discount, check it out. BetRivers.com. Wrapping up yet another edition of Rush Hour right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sports Book. And joining us now out on the West Coast, it's Trevor Lane at Trevor underscore Lane on the tweets. Senior writer for Lakers Nation does such great work covering the Lakers and the association overall. So, Trevor, we appreciate you taking some time tonight. With that being said, tonight we got a good game to look forward to out in the West Coast with the Lakers taking on the Knicks. And LeBron is not going to be playing, unfortunately. So the line has moved a little bit from the Lakers lane 5.5 now to just a three-point favorite. Short total here at 209.5. We know Anthony Davis has been doing as much as he can leading the team without LeBron, but there have been some struggles. How do you think Los Angeles fares tonight against that tough defensive-minded New York Knicks team? Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, of course, we we wish that LeBron was out there playing, but without him, a lot of it's going to fall on the shoulders of Anthony Davis once again. And he's had, had actually two games in a row now against the Blazers and the Suns where he looked tremendous. I mean, looked like his old self, looked like playoff Anthony Davis. But like you said, the Knicks defense is so, so good. They're one of the best defenses in the NBA, just as the Lakers have one of the best defenses in, in the NBA. So if they could do anything to bother AD, and slow him down, that'll put the Lakers in a really tough spot because we've seen that without Dennis Schroeder, without LeBron James, Alex Caruso can do a little bit there at the point guard spot, but they really struggle with shot creation without LeBron and Schroeder out there on the floor. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure. If AD doesn't have a monstrous night, the Lakers offense may have a real tough time getting good looks. Yeah, and all the games James has missed, which has been 25 games thus far, they're 10-15 and 15 in those contests, 28-15 and 15 when he's been in the mix. So we know the big difference that he presents when whatever team he's going to be on, but especially this Lakers team that is banged up in many different areas. How do you think the outlook for Los Angeles is heading into the postseason? I mean, we know they're on the brink of either being in the playing game or getting into that sixth spot, depending on what the Trailblazers do as well. But how do you think kind of the flow of everything gets back into the mix? Because... There's always the case of, look, he's been out for a while. It's going to be hard to get back into that rhythm. But also at the same time, you got to realize who you're talking about, and that's LeBron James, one of the greatest ever, who probably can hop back in with no issues whatsoever. Yeah, I think that it's going to be difficult for them to really build up the full rhythm that they would like to at this point with LeBron missing so much time. And we have to remember, too, it's not just that he's been out. It's that he's been out while Andre Drummond came in. So you have a new, essentially, starting center. LeBron only played a couple of games alongside Drummond before he went back out again due to that ankle injury. So there's not a lot of experience there in the starting five where this group hasn't played much together. So that's going to be something to overcome as well. LeBron himself, from what we've heard, he looks great in practice. He looks explosive. Uh, there have been reports talking about his ankle being something that will linger into the playoffs, but it sounds like he's going to be as close to 100% as he can when he returns to the floor. Uh, sounds like it'll be tomorrow night for the Lakers. So if he can get, get back out there and be healthy, obviously that's going to go a long, long way. But then after that, you got to worry about the chemistry, the familiarity in that starting five and how they can adjust to that. 
And speaking of adjusting, a new format being the playing game is something they may have to adjust to if they keep dropping these games. And like we said, Portland keeps continuing to win. With Golden State, Memphis, San Antonio, the other three teams in the mix, who gives you the most worry potentially for the Lakers? I think it's got to be Golden State. You know, nothing against uh, Memphis or San Antonio, both excellent teams. But, but the Golden State Warriors, I mean, look, we saw last night what they did to the Utah Jazz. Steph Curry gets going and they can be just about impossible to stop. And so that's the fear in a play-in situation, in a one-off game against Steph Curry, if you get a night where he is red hot and he goes and drops 40 on you, next thing you know, you're staring down elimination. So that's the concern right now with staying in the seventh seed and being part of the play-in tournament. Although on the flip side, if you stay in the seventh spot, it's looking more likely that they'll face the Phoenix Suns in the first round, as opposed to the Clippers, who they would probably take on if they moved up to the uh, the sixth seed. So I think that's a more favorable matchup for the Lakers. So there is a debate right now in Lakers Nation about whether we'd rather prefer the Lakers stay at seven and have to deal with the playing tournament or move up to six and have to see the Clippers in round one. And that's really what's so fascinating and what this playing game presents, because you're right. I mean, do you almost strategize who you're going to play? And realistically, no, they're not going to do that. But from a fan perspective, we're always kind of thinking of those things. And the six versus three with the Clippers and Lakers would be just amazing to look forward to for the first round. I mean, then what's your personal perspective? I'm sure, like most people, you wouldn't want to play the Clippers in round one. But I guess there is the argument, too, if you want to face a team like the Clippers, better to do it early on than later in the postseason, potentially. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like the matchup that we've seen so far against the Suns. I think the Lakers have a more favorable matchup there, and most likely the Clippers are the three seed, and the Lakers are, are in the 2-7 matchup. That would put those two teams against each other in the second round if the Lakers were able to get past the Suns. But, uh, you know, going back to the chemistry piece that I mentioned earlier, where LeBron just doesn't have a whole lot of court time playing alongside guys like Andre Drummond or even Ben McLemore, uh, I'd like to see them put that off as long as possible. If it means waiting until the second round to see the Clippers, then so be it. Uh, just to give the team a little bit more time to develop a rhythm uh, before they go into that matchup. So I I'm leaning more on the side of stick in the seventh seed and then deal with the playing tournament and see the Suns in, in round one. But, you know, I think there's positives either way. If they move up to the sixth seed, so be it. And then you deal with the Clippers in the, in the first round and then see what happens. Yeah, and I mean, realistically, yes, a lot more favorable matchup for the Suns against Lakers. And you're right, too. I mean, getting more ample time, getting adjusted to the new teammates, that would always benefit them as well with the extra bonus of the playing game. So probably in the end, more favorable for the Lakers mm -hmm. to stick in that seventh seed like you alluded to. And then kind of just looking just further down in the Western Conference, Trevor, I mean, as we look at the odds to win the Western Conference, the Lakers are still the short shot at 2-1. to one, uh, two to one. Then the Clippers come in at plus 240. The Jazz plus three, uh, 25, plus 650 for the Suns. The Nuggets 15 to 1 still hanging around there. Besides the Lakers and maybe even besides the Clippers, who do you think he give them the most run for their money? Because the Jazz, they've been so dominant this whole season, but a lot of people don't have faith in them to actually make a deep run. They've been injured as well. Donovan Mitchell's going to miss uh, the, re the remainder of the regular season, but should hopefully be back for the postseason. The Suns are a deeper team, but can they keep that up in the playoffs? I mean, what's your thought process outside of the L.A. teams? Yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at this, and first of all, it's, I think it's it's almost a little funny that the Lakers are still the favorite to come out when just within the last week, Lakers fans have been saying, it's done, we're going nowhere in the playoffs, this season is a wrap, we've, we've got because they were playing some terrible basketball. But, uh, but yeah, outside of the, the two L.A. teams, and I do think that we're starting to see that they're probably in a tier by themselves, 
Uh, the Utah Jazz have a history of struggling in the come playoff time, teams locking in on them and what they run, whereas in the regular season it tends to work. The Suns, you've got the question marks around the young players that haven't been there before, aside from Chris Paul. But you know what? I still like this Denver Nuggets team. You know, I know they lost uh, they lost their main guy. Uh, you lost Jamal Murray. You you lose him, and he's their their spirit. He's their soul of of that team. He's the guy that really drives them. Uh, but Nikola Jokic is, I believe, probably the MVP this season. And they've had a number of guys who have stepped up. And Michael Porter Jr. has been playing really well in terms of his scoring ability. So that is a team that I still think can make some some noise. I do think losing Jamal Murray will catch up to them at some point, but I don't think they're a squad you can write off quite to the degree that they have been. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we've talked to plenty of people about that on the show, and they have the same sentiment as you. Don't write off the Nuggets just yet, and they're 15-1 to win the West. Is it a viable play? Potentially because of the value. That doesn't mean you should bet it, but again, they're going to be making trouble for whatever team they go up against because you have the most likely MVP in Jokic. Michael Porter Jr., as you alluded to, has been absolutely dominant as well, so the Nuggets are going to be a fierce team looking down to. And then also, how about the Warriors? If they find their way into the A-seed, that's going to be a tough matchup as well. If they can, you know, get a little bit healthier and some consistency, Golden State could make some noise. Oh, and just imagine, just imagine if you are the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns who have played your way into the one and two seed, right? And finally, you know, the Suns have been out of the playoffs for a long time. The Jazz have been slept on for years. And now here they are, the one and two seed, and their reward could very well be getting the Lakers <laughs> and the Warriors in the first round. That's, uh, that could be, could be pretty tough because, like you said, the Warriors, if they really get rolling, you've got a guy like Curry. Draymond Green knows how to win. And they won't be an easy out either. There, there's no easy matchups in the Western Conference this year. That's, uh, that's all I can say. That is for sure. will be absolutely exciting to watch unfold. And Trevor, we know you're a busy man, so we appreciate you taking some time. Enjoy that Lakers game tonight, and take care, my friend. Hey, thank you very much, and, uh, and we'll, let's talk again soon. Absolutely. At Trevor underscore Lane is where you can follow him on Twitter. Again, senior writer over at Lakers Nation. It was fantastic. We're covering the squad and Western Conference NBA in general. See the Lakers, three-point favorite tonight against the Knicks. No LeBron James, but still could be a good spot for Los Angeles. They're also minus 148 on the money line, plus 123 on the buyback for the Knicks. Short total at 209 and a half. But in terms of the NBA, some of the plays that we are rolling with this evening, we're focusing in on that Nets and Bulls game, which is about to tip off probably in about 10 minutes or so. So if you want some action, we're taking Kyrie Irving over 26 and a half points at about minus 115. Nikola Vucevic over 23 and a half points, minus 107. He's faced the Nets four times this season, averaging about 26 and a half points. He's gone over it in two out of the four games against Brooklyn. And then also the Mavericks, a late addition, minus 136 on the road against the Grizzlies, who had some late injuries added. So their line keeps moving up and up. So be kind of leery about that before you place your wager. And then the Angels and Astros in baseball, over eight and a half runs, minus 115. As always, best of luck if you tell. Big thanks to Trevor Lane for hopping on to talk some hoops. Steve Mackinnon talking some baseball. And big shout out to the crew in Las Vegas and right here in the Windy City. Tomorrow, we've got some action in the NFL to look forward to the schedule release. Plus more talk with baseball and basketball. So we'll catch up again tomorrow night. Best of luck with those wagers and take care from all of us here on Rush Hour on Decent, the Sports Betting Network.